Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Gary Armstrong and today I'm joined by Anthony Haggerty and Liam Bryce to discuss all the latest from Celtic Park. On the pod today, we reflect on Celtic's 4-0 thrashing of Rangers, was it one of the Hoops' best ever derby displays and how big is the gap between Celtic and their rivals? We also look forward to the weekend's clash with Hibs, will Brendan Rodgers' men wrap up seven in a row? So gents, only one place to start... The 4-0 victory at the weekend. Tony, you were there. There was only one winner from the very first minutes from when the teams came out, wasn't there? I think it's one of the most comfortable victories that Celtic have enjoyed over Rangers in, in many a year. And uh, it does show you that the gap, which a few weeks ago prior to the Ibrooks game was supposed to have narrowed, is still very much there in abundance. And I said in my predictions, when we were asked to give predictions of scorelines, I said that Celtic had better players in every position uh, and I, I think that was uh, evident, very much evident on Sunday. And it was uh, Moussa Dembele with, with the early chance that came off the post, a Tom Rogic goal shortly after that, but obviously we could we could talk about Rangers all day, their, their midfield in disarray, Liam, but what about Celtic's midfield too, Scott Brown and Olivier and Cham just, just bossing it from, from the get-go? Ah, they did. Um... It was you could see, as you said there, from pretty much the first whistle that Rangers were kind of pegged back. Um, Brown and Cham getting on the ball. The, the Rangers they tried to you, you could almost see what they were trying to do by packing out the midfield, but it kind of backfired against them in that because they had that narrow three that it just opened up space uh, for Celtic's fullbacks. And I think Scott Brown himself said that after the game. He you know he. He didn't know why they'd kind of went that way, um, but even with the three in there, that he's, he's done so many, so many times this season and over the years. You know, Scott Brown, he made it look, he made it look quite simple, and uh, obviously in Cham as well, who's again, he was. I thought he was excellent at Ibrooks in the last derby, and he's he stepped up again at the weekend, and he's been he was rewarded with that second penalty as well. Yeah, just on and Cham. I mean, he he had his doubters at the start of his Celtic career, a couple of inconsistent performances, but he's he's really kind of stepped it up recently, Tony, hasn't he? He's blossoming into the four million pound player that Celtic uh, signed, you know. And uh, I don't know, he just seems to quietly and confidently go about his business, you know. And but he he is becoming a big game player for Celtic, which and a team of big game players, you know, you can't get enough of them, but. As Liam said, he was terrific at Highbrooks and uh, yeah, he got the, the bonus ball on Sunday of, of a penalty. Two different penalties, as you saw from the two guys that, that struck them. But uh, yeah, confident enough to take it, you know. And you know, I, I, I like Sham. I think he's, uh, I think he is the domineering midfield powerhouse 
that, and I've said before to you guys, and I'll say it again, that I think Tom Rogic should also be as well. You know, and lovely goal by Rogic. Uh, another big game goal on the big game stage, but two or three other things about his performance let him down, which inevitably led to him getting the hook after an hour. So, um, a couple, he had a couple of chances. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, he had also, a sort of side foot chance just after the goal. Yeah, straight after, and which also, was an easier chance. He had two or three chances to play in guys who would have been running clear on goal and he couldn't execute not a 10 yard pass. So, now, the, these are the things that I notice about Tom Rodgers' game, all round game. I'm not watching these big game goals because I know he's capable of that. But the other things which would make him the complete player, which are the other pieces of the jigsaw, are sadly lacking. And I still maintain, and I'll keep maintaining it, that he's a good player, he's not a great player, but he can still produce more. That goal, though, it, it, Tom Rogic has a habit of producing the unexpected when it comes to his goal scoring. I remember one, I think it was last season, this kind of half volley from the edge of the box at Pataudry. Yep. You know, no one saw it coming, and it was a bit like that with it, with his opener on Sunday, the way he kind of twisted in it as well. He sent, I think it was McCrory to the deck, and then just slotted home. It was a, it was a fine finish, Liam. Ah, uh, yeah, he tied them up. Uh, he tied them up in knots, but he's just like you say, he's got that kind of. He's got that sort of maverick quality, that un- improvised finishes, like wee moments of just kind of isolated moments of magic. Uh, With his weaker foot as well. Uh, because, I mean, he, right. he's, he's, t- he's taking that ball and you're thinking, he's thinking it looks sort of stuck under his feet a wee bit. You know, where is he going to go? Um, and the, just the wee, the wee sort of half Cruyff turn and McCrory didn't know, didn't know what was going on. Uh, and then the finish as well, with his weaker foot. Just calmly into the corner, so it's 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 like you say, like that that goal against Aberdeen last last season. Yeah. Uh, the sort of half volley on the edge of the box. He's just capable of these wee improvised moments that a lot of other players just wouldn't think of and wouldn't see. I'll give credit where it's due. He is capable of sublime moments of skill, and 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 I have said that as well. I mean, I I don't dispute his ability. I just think he it it's you, fle- it's fleeting. Your argument's always been consistency. Yeah. Really. Yeah. You know, and if you you could you could make a DVD of Tom Rogic's greatest hits. You can't compile one of his greatest games. That's that's my point. You know, and and some people's judgment is clouded by the fact that he scores all these great goals. And, and, and I don't dispute that. And I just think he could be a far, far better player. And it wouldn't surprise you if he struck the winner on uh, uh, this weekend against Hibs <laughs> to win the title or if he hits the winner in the Scottish Cup final because that's the sort of player he is. Yeah. But moving on to the second goal, and you touched on it, Liam, when we were talking about the game tactically, Celtic looking to the flanks um, with Rangers trying to cement their place in the middle of the park. So it was Tierney who got by Candace. Easily. Not, easily, yeah. And and not the best cross, a Russell Martin er- error, but McGregor's on there. Again, he's very a very accurate finisher, McGregor. Always is, seems to go aye, into the corner, just, doesn't it? It was like a wee, I don't know, it was a, a strange, in a way, it wasn't like a conventional, it was like a, a wee, like, sort of, I don't know, almost like a pull shot, just down you, into the corner, yeah. just like, not hardly... He scored a similar one in the same stage exactly. a year ago yeah. with the same cut back well, from Dembele and the, the, the roller in from 20 yards. I mean, Daisy Cutter, and we spoke about it on the previous podcast. That's why he plays. The manager yeah. likes him, and ever since he snatched at the chance in Germany against Borussia Mönchengladbach, 
when he scudded it wide, when if he'd have kept his head and did what he's done ever since, he would have scored. Because oh, you bag him to finish that every, every yeah, time. And now, the manager's clearly said to him, you don't need to hammer it into the net. You've got ability to caress it, pass it, do what you like. And every finish that I think he's had since has been a kind of cushioned, yeah, controlled drive into the net. And thinking you know? about the Ibrox 5-1 game as well, when yeah. he had that sh- shot through the legs into uh-huh. the corner. I mean, maybe he's, he's fin- you wouldn't have McGregor down as a finisher, but he's, he is very But another who produces big goals and big games, if yeah. you look at his record. You know, and we we picked the team, which I want to say we more or less got spot on, didn't we? Yeah, if we not, did. And, yeah. and we put McGregor in the back. team. We put McGregor in the team yeah. for that very reason. Yeah, because he's always he's always productive. He's always moving forward, always on the move, and even allowing for the fact that he sees the fact that Russell Martin. I think he even said it himself in his post match interview that he thought Russell Martin might not get a, a good touch in it. But it's, it's it's the instant. It's the first time cushion of a ball just yeah know, without really thinking about in, it. I was instinctive know. again. Yeah, coming back to that. Yeah, and moving on then, Dembele and his performance in general. I mean, we talk about big game players, but he was really he was really top notch. I, I felt as a lot of people did that he really bullied the Rangers' defense first and first and foremost early on. You could see that he's. You know, physical stature was causing all sorts of problems for McCrory, and he was just a great all-round team player. <laughs> Dan Bellis frustrates the life out of you, doesn't he? He's, he, does. he, wakes, he wakes up with Rangers games in the morning and thinks, I'm having this today. Yeah. Wakes up against Ross County and probably thinks, shrugging a friend's yeah. shoulder. Yeah. Kind of stuff, you know, but that's what you get with him. But when he's on his game, you, there is, you can't can't live with that, you know. He, he's just, he's terrific, you know. He it's, seems to be one of those guys as well, you can tell early on. Yeah. Yeah, what kind of game he's going to have, and you could see from the start on Sunday that, as Tony says, he's thinking, "I'm having this today." Rangers supporters used to think like that about David Cooper, right? You know, when he pulled a ball out there, his left pin and stuff like that, and they they always said they could tell in the first ten minutes if Cooper was on it or couldn't be bothered. But when he could be bothered, special things happened, and it's the same with Dembele. Dembele's a special player. Yeah, summed up by that penalty as well, Liam. It was, uh, you know, <laughs> a bit cheeky, but you know, when you're that confident and the game's going that well for you and it comes off, it, it looks pretty good. Uh, it's cheeky to say, to say the least, to say the very least. Uh, but he's, it just shows you that it's, a, it's a, a guy who is now... We're talking before Christmas that he's, his head looks all over the place. Is, is his confidence gone? Is, is this, that? And now you, that on Sunday was just the kind of mark of a guy who's now feels as if he's back playing at the top of his game. And you could, and no wonder, um, as well he might think that because he, you know, he, he kind of, in his own way, he ran this. You talk about the midfield, but in his own way, Dembele ran the show. Yeah. On Sunday. arrogant and just reflective of the confidence that is coursing through that Celtic team right now in those kind of games. Yeah. You know, to, to even attempt that in a Celtic... Because the, the game's not dead and buried at 2-0, you know? But to to have confidence in your own ability to, to even attempt that, eh, then you have to take hats off to him for that. But I, I think that's another one that the Rangers supporters all look back and think that it was, you know, your, what's the phrase... Taking the mic, yeah. It was almost a statement. Yeah, it was almost a. This is how far we are ahead of you. 
It's one that they'll be back And then on. even the next penalty as well, just giving it away to yeah. charm, like, yeah. when you go, you have a... Uh, you have a... You, you have know, a that, this time. It's, you know, you kind of think to yourself, you know, and, and, and it's the manner of the defeat that will have hurt Rangers. Yeah, that, anything, that you know? penalty in, in years to come will be the kind of iconic moment oh, that yeah, they, yeah. they cut yeah. back to. Um, also wanted to make uh, make a small mention for Craig Gordon. Okay, Celtic kept a clean sheet and, you know... Until the point Gordon made that world class save, you know Rangers didn't do anything. But he was—it it was a brilliant. Gary, more I want to make a back. point about that save. That—that that is a world class save yeah. in the truest definition of the word. Want to get your mitt to it and to put it behind because you could easily get your mitt to that and put it in the net. You know, and the, and the headers coming in at real pace. And again, we argued to toss about whether he would replace Bain. That's why he replaced Bain. Because she at short stopping and instinctive reflex saves, nobody better than Craig Gordon. And even when he was a heart goalkeeper, I thought that about him. Thought thought very highly of him. But uh, that's a stunning save, and I mean stunning save. Yeah. They talk about having a strong wrist or strong yeah, wrist, yeah, and yeah. you could actually see yeah. the ball hit off it and over the top. I mean, we forget actually that Craig Gordon, I believe, is still. Uh, he won the award for greatest ever English Premier League yes, save for yeah, Sunderland. So he's, yeah. he's been capable of that all his career. Of course, but I, I just uh, saw it in real time and I thought, wow. And then I went home and watched it many times. And I thought, that, that's the definition of a world class save. And I don't use those two words lightly because no. I, I hate reason them, to be honest. But uh, to me, it was a world class save. Uh, Morelos must look at Craig Gordon and just go, <laughs> I, I hate you. I absolutely hate you. Yeah. Because that's a few times. The one at Ibrooks, the yeah. New Year draw, um, again, it's like instinctive, as we're talking about, and he's just, he's just, just, I'm not putting him in this bracket, but it is, it does remind you of David De Gea in a way. It's this, that same it's instinct. This, it's this instinctive, kind of un- almost unorthodox sometimes yeah. looking these saves, and it was, it was, uh, it was outstanding, it really was. Funny role reversal time, you know, was. Because Tommy Burns famously said they'll put on my tombstone Andy Gorham broke my heart. Yeah. Morelos will probably say the same thing about Craig Gordon. Yeah. You know, because he just can't seem to get the beating of him. And, and the more that happens, the more Craig Gordon will be in his head, you know, until he finally breaches his net, you know. There was a bit of talk um, in the press box after giving it such a comfortable victory for Celtic that you, w- when you look at the players you brought off the bench and it was like so Robert, Sinclair a second string Celtic team at the moment could not only give Rangers a game but probably probably beat them, you know when you think about the players that didn't start Semenovic um, even the likes of uh, Kwasi Bui, players like that I mean are we at that stage now where a second string Celtic team could actually finish above Rangers on the table? Is the is the gulf that big? I think if you're looking at and if you're basing it clearly on Sunday's evidence, you'd have to say yeah, because all the Celtic uh, substitutes would walk into the Rangers first team, every one of them, bar none. And I keep going back to it: we we are at a moment in time and a moment in history where Celtic are infinitely better than Rangers. And the gap that a few weeks ago, prior to the Rangers, uh, Rangers game at Ibrox, league game at Ibrox, which Celtic won with 10 men, was supposed to be narrowing. That, on Sunday, showed that it's, the golf is as big as it's ever been. And Celtic ain't going to stand still. You know, so the, the ball is firmly in Rangers court to 
try and narrow that gap. And I think that's what will will have sickened the Rangers fans more than anything. Because three weeks ago they thought there was a title race on. They were giving themselves plaudits for the fact that they'd narrowed the, the gap in their minds. Cheering, getting Celtic in the, in the cup. Yeah, th- things like that, yeah. But that dawning and realisation that no, they're a bit, they've a bit to go before they can catch Celtic. And as much as Celtic could complete um, a second domestic treble, Liam, I mean, we talked about it on, their, on the pod a lot. Celtic haven't been at their best in a lot of games, but the closer they get to a potential 10 in a row, you know, they might have held money back for that, for more investment. And the closer they get, they might think, OK, let's really push this and, and up it a notch. I mean, it does look, you never know how football is going to turn out, but it looks almost ominous for Rangers at the moment that, that Celtic will complete 10 in a row. Well, the, you talk about resources. There's figures floating about to, uh, floating about this week that Celtic are set to make about towards thirty million from their involvement in the Champions League. Yeah, there was this a season. A story just I just caught it before the podcast that they yeah. might earn more than Manchester. Ma- United. Yeah, the way the way they the kind of pot works out. Uh, I'm not bored. He's over the fine details of it, but they are looking set to make more than Man United from the, the TV money at least, I think. Uh, so, you know, to have that kind of money coming in added to what they must have generated from last season's involvement. Likes um, of the Van Dyke sale. Yeah, well. the Van Dyke sale, get money from that as well. So it it just looks like Celtic are only going to get are only going to get stronger. Um and that you know that defeat on um, Sunday for Rangers. I've seen a, a few people suggesting that that's the that could be the you know the moment where you know ten in a row takes a a real step closer. Yeah, you know, it becomes more because it was so convincing. And then it's, it's like Tony says a couple of weeks ago we're we're looking at you know a possible title challenge. Have Rangers closed the gap? And 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 on the the evidence that I know. Rangers were really poor in the second half at Ibrox, but there was a bit of evidence in that first half that they had stepped on. Rangers had stepped up a bit, and that they they were a better side. And certainly for a few weeks, they did look. We were having to debate: is there going to be a title race? Uh You know, Uh, which obviously you know looks silly now, but at the time there was a you know there was a weak kind of suggestion that Celtic weren't hitting the heights and the Rangers were on a, a bit of an upward curve but then here we are three weeks later and you could you know Rangers now from that defeat then what's come out in the aftermath and plus the fact that they still don't seem to know what's going to happen with the manager situation in the summer they are from that relative optimism a few weeks ago they're now even from what's happened over the past few years there's a pretty low ebb so it's as whereas Celtic, from you know having some doubts and kind of aspersions cast at them, now look as if they're going on to get stronger than ever. So it's it's good news week at Celtic every week, it really, is, isn't it? it you is. know, and now the big challenge is to the Celtic board, as you said, Gary. I think ten in a row is now looming large in their in their thoughts. They they maybe were cagey and thought three years is a long time in in football, you know. But they're probably thinking now, and I think even Brendan Rodgers might fancy it now as well. Turn around thinking, do you know what? That this is a potential reality. They could do this. 
you know, could take a, a massive step, slice of history by getting a double treble. If they manage to achieve the double treble, then what's the next big thing? Ten in a row, isn't it? And I think if you're the board and you're Rogers and you're happy, you you go flat out to try and achieve that. Do you think this most recent result and Celtic, as you say, being on the verge of a domestic treble will sort of motivate Rogers to stay? I mean, not that he's ever suggested he would leave before 10 in a row, but there's, you know, links with Arsenal and so on. But do you, do you think... I, it just seems that 10 in a row, OK, it's only one game, is that much closer almost because of the chasm between the two teams? I think this summer will be very important in terms of holding on to Rodgers because I think if they hold on to Rodgers this summer nobody asks the question uh, and then he stays and he wins eight then he'll feel do you know what uh, he wants to be remembered you know and go down in the Celtic up, history up books. there with the jocks yeah, and the course, Martin and, the, and what better way to be remembered than to achieve something that even the great Steen's team never achieved and get to that magical 10 mark and I think that's the legacy that Rogers wants you know he's forever saying he's happy then prove that you're happy by staying and achieving that that landmark title you know and and I, and I think uh, and as long as he's doing the job he's doing then the board will bend over backwards to make sure that, that to try and make sure that that eventuality happens well, we're actually just going to play in some audio now from the, the post-match press conference at hand and from Brendan Rodgers. Well, I think it's we obviously play so many games and we're never always going to be at our best. But I think this season what we've shown is we've played a, a number of and had a number of really, really good performances this season. Um, but certainly in, in the big games, that's the edge that we look for. You know, I think what, this, what the players have done in these last couple of seasons has really inspired the supporters, you know, to believe that they can actually achieve sometimes the impossible, you know. So uh but certainly we're we're very focused and geared up for, for all our games. But when you get to these games you know uh, you know what's at stake. So it's just a case of really getting the players focused and the build up, making sure you're they're clear in their job and what they have to do and then and then go and play your football. I'm always one the mantra is the next game. You know, we we've uh we're in the final now, and that won't be an easy game either. You know, we look at Motherwell, that's two cup final will we'll now be playing them in. So, um, and, and that's a totally different game again. You know, their physicality, you know, they're a very honest team, they work very hard. And, um, but we know that when we turn up and play, it gives us a great chance. So, um, but we have a job to do now. We need to finish off the league campaign um, in a really good position there. Five tough games to, to finish. But we want to finish the season well and then be back here in good confidence and, and look forward to that. And hopefully, like I said, the pitch was a wee bit bumpy today, so I'm sure by that stage it'll be, it'll be a bit slicker. So, Liam, Brendan Rodgers talked there about, you know, the Celtic players inspiring the fans to, to kind of achieve the impossible, um, which it didn't seem possible before he came on, on the verge of a domestic treble when you think of how Ronnie Dyla maybe left things at the club. What do you think Roger's comments maybe illustrate about, you know, the real harmony, togetherness and drive for Celtic to achieve such things in comparison to the lack of harmony that we can clearly see at Ibrox just now? Uh, I think it's just it's a simple case of that success breeds 
breeds success, really. I mean, it's there's the harmony just comes from the fact that you know they have been they have been so dominant. Things are really stable behind the scenes. Uh, they're bringing through their own players. They buying well. They're so far ahead of everybody else. It's from the top down, you know, there is that kind of unified goal from the board of directors all the way down to the, the players, which obviously we're not seeing at Rangers at the moment. And it's that kind of collective spirit that's really driving them on at the moment. Ah, uh-huh, because, and he's talking about inspiring the fans you know, to uh, to believe that they can achieve uh, anything. And uh, to be honest, since he's a, I think that's because since he's arrived and you know, I don't want to you know, be too, you know, gushing and this and that. But since he's arrived, I've got, no, the Celtic fans have not really got any re- reason not to believe, because everything has gone for them since he's since he walked in the door. Every, every they've won every domestic trophy. They went in that unbeaten run. Uh, as we've talked about, ten in a row seems to be keeping closer and closer. Rangers don't seem to be. Uh, any clo- really, really any closer to mounting a serious challenge, so there's a, there's no reason for them not to believe it, really. Yeah, and Tony as well. We we got his comments just coming back to the Scottish Cup about this uh, upcoming clash with Motherwell. Um, Rogers admitting it will be a tough game. Obviously, he's going to say that, but you know, it's Celtic will be favourites, but Motherwell not a team to necessarily no. pick to play. Overwhelming favourites, Celtic will be for this match, but beware Motherwell. I've watched a lot of Motherwell this season and do you know what? They don't hide their intentions but by goodness they do it very, very well. You know, you get two big guys up front, you play off second balls, they rumble up defenders. Motherwell have got the players that can uh, hurt Celtic, can uh, put them off their game, hustle and harry, snapping about your heels and no let up. So anyone that thinks the double trebles are given... It's not been watching Motherwell this season because, and I've said it before, in every big game this season that Motherwell have played, Steve Robinson has got them up for it. Yeah, well, we saw that against Aberdeen. Yeah. Really tore Aberdeen apart in the League Cup, tore Aberdeen apart in the Scottish Cup semi-final, tore Rangers apart in the semi-final of the League Cup. Have given Celtic he some gave games. Gave Celtic a game in the League Cup final up until the, the penalty deciding the sending off of Kipre. So Celtic are in a game in the Scottish Cup final. Now, you look at it, this is the classic brawn over brains clash, right? Now, most people think brains will win, but history in cup finals is littered with brawn beating brains and, you know, taking it right back to 88 when the crazy gang beat the culture club. There is something similar about this final with Celtic and Motherwell and that, that would be... If, if I was Brendan Rodgers, I would be instilling that into the players just now. Don't ever think Celtic players would be guilty of complacency, but, you know, you really need to be on your metal to beat the steel men. Oh. But, you know... <laughs> uh, Save that for your, for yes, your next indeed. piece, Tony. But, you know what I mean? They, they're a good side, they're good at what they do, and this is not a foregone conclusion by any stretch. Yeah, it's certainly one to really look forward to, actually. So, we'll, we'll worry about that neither the time, but... There's another massive one for Celtic this weekend because they can wrap up seven in a row, but it's not going to be easy. Travel to uh, travel to Hibs. They'll meet uh, Neil Lennon, an old friend. Um, do you think they'll do it this weekend, Liam? It's, it's not a given. I don't, Hibs have still got 
so much to play for, and they've shown already this season that that they they are, they are one of the kind of few sides who can who seem to be able to get at Celtic and cause them cause them problems. So I don't think it's a I don't think it's a given uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, because as I said, Tibbs good form as well chance to finish second for yeah, us as well aye. well the conspiracy they'll be wanting theorists to... are out aren't they there that <laughs> throw this one in order to get throw the, the, the nightmare scenario back to the SPFL Hibs in order to beat Rangers for the second place and all that kind of stuff so you know I'd say conspiracy theorists having a field day with this yeah. but uh, Celtic should go there and be, be, be confident of going there and winning but Hibs have twice game, drawn with them this yeah, season. I know. Came from behind the last time, from two goals behind, almost won it, almost lost it. So it, it could be anything on Sunday. Yeah, but you I've, I've, you talk about conspiracies, I think, <laughs> I do think Celtic will. If you had to push me for a... Will they will in a minute. I think they will, won't it? I've left my tinfoil hat at home, I don't... I do think I do think they'll get over the line. A bit of a tough game, cracking game potentially. Yeah, well, I've also got my notes here. The, the sort of John McGinn factor because we, we we spent a lot of a previous podcast yeah. talking about him potentially moving to Celtic. So he's got an opportunity to impress. He's got a good record against. Celtic. Oh, he's a terrific record against Celtic. You know my thoughts on John McGinn. I think he's a terrific player. But the thing is, this is not just a case of Celtic turning up to beat Hibs, who have nothing to play for. Yeah, Hibs have just as much to play for as Celtic. So this could be a humdinger. You know, and yeah, you expect goals in this yeah, one, don't you? I, I, you do. I expect lots of goals, actually, to, to be honest. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if neither side won and it was a draw again. You know, and then what Celtic need one win, don't they? So they would have to play. Well, the pressure Rangers would be Celtic. on uh, the other teams yeah. as well, like the so Rangers and Aberdeen. Yeah, to, to win their games yeah. later on in the day. So is it Sunday Celtic are playing? Uh, no, it's Saturday, Saturday twelve thirty. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, so I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if the title wasn't wrapped up. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and also as well, just finishing up, it, it's a real opportunity for a lot of fringe players, the likes of Roberts, even Sinclair now, who's kind of fallen down the pecking order to put themselves, you know, forward for a Scottish Cup final place because it's not not too far away. I think in Brendan Rodgers' mind, he'll want the title wrapped up as quickly as possible so he can rest players and give those guys an opportunity, as you say, as you say, to stake their claim for the cup final. That's the that's the ideal scenario that he wants. Win it on. Saturday lunchtime, and then you've got what four matches before yeah. the cup final for him to assess everybody, yeah, and see where he's at, see where he's at with the with the squad, you know. Because I, I I think deep down, I know he said he wanted the Rangers game, the first game after the split. I think now he'll want Celtic to put it to bed yeah. on Saturday, and rather not face Rangers in the, not, not so much a title decider, but to to win the title, you know. Okay, well, final part is predictions. So, Tony, you can predict the starting eleven. Can you predict? <laughs> you, you can you predict the scoreline? You know what? Against Hibs, I'm going a four goal thriller, but two each again. To be honest, yeah, aye, I think it will be, be a, a, a decent, a bit high scoring game. Uh, well, I backed myself into a corner, didn't I? By saying I do think Celtic will win, so, so I think there's going to be goals. But I'll, I'll go. I'll say three two. And if that's the case, then seven in a row will be wrapped up. So that's all from us this week. We will be back next midweek. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audioboom to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.